Hi, I'm Mark Kent. And I'm Jacob Pusey. And you're listening to the Art and Science of Running podcast. If you climb the sea. This interview is a little bit different in two respects. One, it's the first interview that we've done remotely. We did it via Skype rather than in person. All of our previous interviews have been done in person. And the other is that it's just a two-way conversation between myself, Jacob Pusey, and Manuela Villaseca, our guest. And I was gonna be calling Manu anyway as her coach and as a co-coach at Peak Run Performance. And we just wanted to test this out and see how it would go if we recorded the conversation and potentially used it as a podcast interview. And we felt like we touched on some topics that you would be interested in that relate to the art and science of running and that Manu has a compelling and an interesting story. There are quite a few nuggets that she shares that we can learn from. Manu hails from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. She is a trail and ultra athlete. She has a background in product design she is now a coach. She resides in Catalan in Europe with her partner Gerard, where they live and train together and lead a group um, of locals there. And we talk about Manu's coaching influences, her, her training influences, how she incorporates um, her love for language and for people into what she does every day and also how she brings with her some of the Brazilian influences into her own training and the training of, of the athlete, athletes that she coaches. We talk about UTMB and the fact that she has placed top 10 at UTMB races twice. She's also been ranked top 10 in the Ultra Trail World Tour um, and she did that while, while living and training at sea level. We talk about how much she incorporates cycling into her training and how she recommends that many of the other athletes that she works with do the same as a means of um, making their training sustainable and increasing their training volume. We talk about that and a whole host of other things. We really think you'll enjoy this and uh, look forward to hearing what you think. We also hope you'll let us know which other guests you'd like to hear from uh, if we choose to use this medium. Thanks. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what you what you're up to, uh, what you've been doing today, and and what you what I just interrupted? <laughs> <laughs> no, so actually I was watching. I I really enjoy the the athletics world championship, and yep. and the thing is that it's really they they don't they don't really they only have like a short transmission. So they started the transmission when I was going to work, and I was oh. like. Oh no, I wanted to see that. <laughs> and then when I came back, I could see a little bit, not all of it. But I enjoy watching it because I think it's like, I don't know, that that's something so big. I would like yeah. to see it 
maybe one day see it live. Just yeah. go there and yeah, because it's it's really something. Um, so yes, I had a a normal day. <laughs> I went running in the morning, um, and and then I yeah cooked lunch and and then I went to work, and now I'm back. <laughs> And, and what time is it where you are? So it's 11 o'clock. Um, I'm lucky because I only work in the afternoons. So I start working okay. at 4 and I finish okay. at 8.30, which okay. is okay. good because I can, I can take my time in the morning, work, uh, work in the afternoon. And yeah, I, I, now I think that I, I value time more than anything. So when I used to live in Rio and I used to work a lot, I didn't have time. I had a complicated life. So I spent a lot of time in the car, just going to work, coming back. And, and now I work five minutes from where I live. Uh, I think I have a much more simple life. Uh, I used to have a shop and I, and I was like a businesswoman. <laughs> and now I'm a teacher. So... <laughs> So it's simple, simple, but at the same time, um, I prefer that right now. I think it's a matter of, yeah, choosing what you think is is good for you. And and I like my lifestyle today. I think I like it more than in the past. Yeah, I'm with you. I uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was a teacher, uh, and I and I value teachers a lot and actually you and I had a, a similar job um, I, I taught English as a second language as well to, uh, to at least some native Spanish speakers are where are you now and and what's the language that uh, people around you speak so I live in Moya and I live in Catalonia so there's this big big uh, political problem here in Spain so <laughs> if you live in Catalonia, you live in Catalonia, even though it's not an independent country, that's what they want right now. Yeah. So there's this big uh, fight between Spain and Catalonia. And <laughs> Catalan is a language, I say it's, it's a language, it's like a luxury to know Catalan because you don't need to know Catalan. Everybody speaks Spanish. But when I got here, I could speak Spanish not very well. I, I was never fluent, even though my dad is, is Spanish. But okay. he never spoke Spanish to us at home. Okay. So I knew Spanish a little bit. It's very similar to Portuguese. Mm -hmm. I had to learn Spanish, like to express myself in, in Spanish, because it's really difficult. You can know a language, but you cannot be yourself in a language you don't know very well. So yeah. this was my problem in the beginning. And I felt I needed to learn Catalan because that was the only way I would be part of the culture, community, and I, I would be here as accepted. I, I thought that I would only be accepted if I spoke Catalan. Mm -hmm. And now I speak Catalan. I'm starting to write Catalan. And, and I enjoy it. I think for me, uh, as a Brazilian, it's easier for me to speak Catalan than Spanish. It's, oh, really? It, yeah, the pronunciation is easier. The <laughs> words are quite different. It's very similar to French. Okay. So vocabulary is very similar to French. 
And and even the the grammar structures, they are similar to French. Okay. And I knew a little bit of French because I learned French in school. So I I like I like communicating. I like I like meeting people and and I feel the need to communicate. So maybe that's why I I think it's easy to learn languages and 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 I like it. Yeah. Well, um I also value languages and <laughs> but you you just surprised me. I learned something new about you. I didn't realize that you also knew French. So so what are all the languages that you, that well, you I cannot say that I I know French <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I'm impressed. So between you and my brother um, and the rest of our coaching staff, I, I'm, I believe every member of our coaching staff has at least a couple languages that we can say that we're uh, fluent in or, or multilingual. So that's, <laughs> that's certainly um, an asset, um, both just as a human um, and certainly with as much travel as you do. And um, it's really one of the ways that I feel like something that we can offer to, to some of the athletes that we work with. Um, like you said, it's, it's really important for people to be able to express themselves. And um, as you're experiencing now, and as, as many of us have experienced, uh, as I even am experiencing now in Canada, I know it sounds weird, but uh, there are things that I say in American English that come off as very rude uh, to Canadians. And, and I wouldn't consider myself, or at least I didn't prior to moving here, uh, I didn't consider myself a, a very American American. <laughs> uh, I, I, I apologize way more than most Americans. And I don't, I try not to think that I'm the smartest person in the room or that I uh, am right all the time, uh, even though I usually am. But, um, I was joking, but uh, yeah, it, it's challenging even with with sometimes the same language or if what you would think to be the same language. So sometimes if you can learn another language that, um, that can make it even, even easier. I've certainly learned to use different terms to say, diff to say the same thing, uh, depending on where I go back and forth. And, and now even my family and close friends tell me that I sound like I'm more Canadian than American, um, after just being here a few years. And, um, but I, I think, I feel like it enriches the life of the individual, but it also, like you said, it, it enriches, your relationships it's it's hard to be an outsider um but it's it also feels so nice to be welcomed into a community and and to be loved by people who maybe aren't your your family um or your your they're not from where you're from but then all of a sudden you you feel at home in a foreign land and that's that's how i feel now and you get the sense that's how you feel in catalonia yep. as well so yeah, sure. You feel now. Now I feel that they respect me a lot more. So yeah, you gain respect. I think when you speak their language, that's when they say, "Wow, you're Brazilian, and how come you speak Catalan?" So yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> no, I I hear you. I between even even making the effort to learn a language, I think that goes a long ways just to show that you don't expect people to. To accommodate to your needs but that you're willing to that you see yourself as a guest in in their country or their their land um and then also trying new foods and and learning the new customs and things like that i i feel like that that helps break the ice a bit more as well so yeah. um so you're not only a part of the community that you're in and is it 
pronounced Moai, did you say? Or? Moya. Moya, sorry. <laughs> Moya, okay. Um, in in Catalonia, and uh, you're not only a part of the community, but you actually lead a, a training group, uh, a peak run performance training group there in Moya, correct? Yeah, yeah. So this was actually something that started after I was I was I started coaching. So I think I was I was coaching Joseph for maybe I, I don't remember when we started with the group, but I was already coaching Joseph and and Gerard's sister, she came up to me and she said that she went running twice or three times a week with two friends. And they always did the same loop. They repeated the same loop. And in the beginning, they were very motivated and they, they, were, they were happy about it. But then suddenly it became the same. And they started getting bored. And that's when she said, uh, okay, so we would like you to tell us what to do. <laughs> and I said, okay, so... but." What, uh, what do you want? How many times a week do you want to run? Or, and, and they said, no, only twice, three times a week. And, and then I said, okay, let's do something. Because since I come from Rio, and in Rio, uh, people want to be fit. So if you go to Rio, you'll see it's insane because people, uh, Gerard says he feels intimidated when he goes to Rio. <laughs> Because everybody's waxed and everybody's super strong and, and people, because it's summer the whole year and people spend their lives at the beach. So uh, gym, gyms are very common, but people started working out, uh, working out outdoors at the beach. So they started building like functional workouts at the beach. And, and it was like you had several different gyms going on at the same time and I used to do that so I used to bike to one of the beaches that wasn't very close to where I live so I had maybe I, I had to bike like one hour and a half to get there and then I was working out for one hour sprinting um, doing several different movements jumping and then I biked back home and it was I remember it was really complete it was the kind of workout I enjoyed so I got very tired and I didn't see it go by it was just like I, I I didn't realize I had worked out that long and and it was so fun so I thought I could try this here uh Moya is a is a small town with about I think six thousand inhabitants and there is, there used to be one gym, a small, very small gym, and this gym closed. So now there is no gym. And I thought, okay, I might as well try to introduce something different, something new. And, and I remember the first day I went um, for a short run and I introduced some exercises, which could be like some body weight exercises our athletes do, mm -hmm. but was just jogging and I stopped them. Okay, so now burpees. So now, whatever, hill climbers. And um, and at the end, they were like, wow, we are super happy. We enjoy this a lot and it's so much fun. 
And then I started uh, buying things and buying uh, things that they could use, like, and creating circuits mm-hmm. based on the circuits I used to do. And it turns out this group is maybe we have four or 15, 14, 15 athletes. Um, so we, we meet every weekend. During the week, uh, they have a basic plan. Uh, running and biking and at the weekends we have either functional workouts or yoga or both sometimes we we start with yoga and then we have a functional workout so it's been always different I think I'm uh, I'm running out of ideas <laughs> because I always try I'm, I'm very demanding with myself so I always want to make it better and I always yeah them to have more fun and I'm always trying to not repeat and come up with new things and sometimes uh, once I I had a workout in the playground (laughs) and I was using everything in the playground and and it was fun it was it was just like so different Mm -hmm. so so it's challenging at the same time I think it's it's good because it keeps me going and I have think and I and I always want to improve and I think that's good because I will never settle down and say okay I'm fine just repeating that because I want them to be happy I want them to go home and say I had a really good time and and yeah and and I think it's it's working well yeah that's from what I can see it it certainly seems to be working very well um one thing that I really like about what you're doing uh, in addition to building that community there um, is that you're, you are bringing that piece of, of you and of your culture and what you experienced in Brazil. Um, that idea, I, I guess hit hit training is becoming or high intensity interval training is becoming kind of all the rage. And, and there are groups that meet and do that sort of boot camp or training like that. But, but, as I as I studied coaching and different um, different approaches to to training, one of the one of the best athletes of all time is a Brazilian by the name of Joaquim Cruz, and, yeah. uh, and he actually taught me about the intervals that he used to do under the same coach that was his soccer coach and his basketball coach, and then he eventually became his track coach, and and his track coach traveled with him to actually to the state of Oregon and the University of Oregon where he ran at the University of Oregon and, and represented Brazil and um, I met him I don't know maybe six years ago or something at the at the U.S. Olympic Training Center where he is now a coach for athletes and he has his athletes do the same kind of training that he did back in Brazil um, as a young boy and it certainly worked for him you know I mean he He's run one of the fastest 800s of all time, um, and and that was decades ago. And um, and so I, I agree. I think it, that idea of mixing it up, uh, whether it's between intervals or just breaking up a run, um, can be really helpful uh, for a lot of different reasons. Uh, I have I have athletes that are training for trail and ultra races that I that I recommend that they do cruise intervals, I call them, but not, not the C-R-U-I-S-E yeah. intervals that Jack Daniels invented, but the cruise uh, for Joaquin Cruz. And, and I have them do them to have, to have it 
include like plyometrics and things like that, even just jumping jacks, uh, because some people don't live near trails and can't do any sort of side to side motion. You know, the, the majority of their training is either on a road or on a treadmill. And so even doing those types of that type of training, um, at a track is, is different than what they're used to. And if they want to transition from the roads to the trails, that's, it's one of the best ways that I can think of preparing them for that or it's super hard. <laughs> yeah. Done, yeah. With Gerard, we did it one day and, and we were beat up for like, two <laughs> it was really hard. Yeah. Well, you can also do it. Um, I guess it would be good training for um, people that are training for like those obstacle course races or like the, the Spartan races that include, you know, just the different strength components, running and, and strength components as well. So, but it, I like that it, it builds that whole athlete. And, and I also really like that you're incorporating yoga, which is something that, you know, you've been doing for quite a long time. And it, it seems like it's, it's part of why you've had such a long and successful career because you, you don't just run, you, you take care of your whole body, um, with the foods that you eat, the, the other activities that you do. The other day I was thinking about this and, uh, I was, I was writing a post about it because, um, uh, I think I never tried to, to say that what we do is healthy because running 100 miles isn't healthy. And I can't say that it's something good for your body. But at the same time, I think that inside this, uh, this world, we try to keep ourselves healthy. So, so with all the unhealthy things about running so many kilometers, you can keep yourself healthy. As you said, uh, eating well, um, doing yoga, doing things that, that help your body heal and, and I think this is really important because, because we just beat ourselves up so much. And I think that I've learned to take care of myself. This is the good thing that, that sports br brought to my life is that I started eating a lot better uh, after I started running a lot. So, yeah, I think that if you're losing on one side, which is it's not... Uh, I'm afraid of saying losing because because it sounds like a bad thing, but it's not. It's just that I think that every extreme isn't good, and and running long distances like that isn't good either. We know because we we finish a race and we can't move, but we love that feeling. So so we're addicted to that. I mean. Just like the guy who's who's addicted to beer or to whiskey or to whatever drug, it's a drug, and and yeah, that's our lifestyle. This is what we want. This is how we want to live. So inside this, we need to find um, the the balance. I don't know. We need to find what's good for us. And and I don't believe there's something there. There isn't like a magic formula which is, okay, this is the solution for everything. I think that maybe something that works for me doesn't work for you or works for him or maybe uh, half of it works. So you need to find the things that do you well, the things that are good for you and just stick to that. And, and that's what I've learned for me. So if I'm injured, I know the things that I can't do and I try to 
just go around them and and okay i know that this is good for me so for example warming up on a trainer on a bike i found out that this is good for me because when i start running i have better sensations better feelings so this is what i do right now yeah especially if it's really cold and i just don't want to go outside and everything hurts so i need to find a way of doing this and yeah or intervals on the bike uh, that they're not so so harmful for my body so yeah that's that's a little bit of it yeah like i think that's a key both as an athlete and as a coach to to make it sustainable um i like to compare it to the the goose that laid the golden egg um and rather than you know getting too selfish and wanting it all at once uh, um, and and basically ruining our bodies and ruining this this great gift that we have not just as not just with our bodies but but our health and and the opportunity to spend time often outside doing what makes us feel so good um, i I really try as an athlete and as a coach to to not push <laughs> beyond what uh, I, I'm all for pushing limits, but I also want to be safe and careful so that I I can wake up tomorrow or the next day and enjoy <laughs> the same activity. And I, I have that to look forward to rather than just, well, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess the, the days of risk-taking are, are now beyond behind me. I, I'm not, I'm not interested in, in taking risks that, that will jeopardize either my health or my, or the ability to do this long term. Um, people ask me all the time, as far as like, what races are you interested in doing, and does this appeal to you, or just, why don't you do more of this? It's like, because eh, I don't care. Like, I, I'd rather just, I'd rather be able to run tomorrow than, than take that risk and spend that time rehabbing <laughs> after beating myself up too much from that. So, yeah. uh, and that's that's something I've noticed that work that I admire about both the way that you train and also the way that you train athletes that you've coached. Um, you know, you and I have been working together on and off for five plus years, I guess. I mean, we've known each other for, <laughs> for a while. Um, but I, one thing that I really admire is, is that because you have that background um, from multi-sport or just, just that cycling was, was part of, your lifestyle that you would ride your bike to the beach and then do those workouts. Um, you have that ability now to, to draw on that, um, on biking. And, um, and I, I've seen that that has not only helped you, but, but we've seen that your knowledge of, of how to cross train has also helped and, and your experience has also helped and motivated a lot of other people who, who like most people can't necessarily run seven days a week. Um, and um and so that's that's one of the reasons one of the many reasons not just your your gift for languages but also your ability to um to design training for yourself and for others that that makes sense um that's one of the reasons i wanted to, to partner with you and um and we've already seen some success uh <laughs> with those athletes um and and we can we can begin talking about that i guess um most recently you you ran the TDS race as part of one of the UTMB races, correct? Um, can you tell us a little bit about that race and, and how that went for you? 
Yeah, yeah, sure. So I signed up for the TDS. Uh, you, you usually sign up almost a year in advance. And when I chose the TDS, I chose it because it's a race that I had never run before. So the UTMB I had run three times. I had run the CCC. I wasn't interested in running the OCC because it's, it's very short for me, for my kind of running. And I thought, uh, why not the TDS? So one of the reasons why I chose the TDS is because it starts on Wednesday and it's the first race. And I always felt really jealous about the people who were limping money on Thursday. And you're still like, oh, my God, I have to run the UTMB on Friday. <laughs> so I thought, you know, uh, running the TDS is nice because then you finish, you're done, you're happy. And you can just walk around, see your friends. And, and yeah, it's another perspective, seeing the UTMB from the outside. Um, Everybody says it's uh, the most beautiful course, so I wanted to check that out. And they also said it was technical and and it was shorter. So I thought, okay, UTMB 170, uh, the TDS is 120. It's okay, that's more accept an acceptable distance. And so I chose that race. And also because Gerard, he told... He said that he would do it. So the UTMB has said, no, no way. And the TDS, he said, okay. So yeah, for the TDS. But then it turns out they changed the course. And we find out that about that, I don't know, in April or I don't know when. So they just added 25 kilometers. You think 25 kilometers is not that much? But yes, it was a lot considering the the change they've made so yeah. i think that resulted in about uh five or six hours more for the first wow. run and that's a lot <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah 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 so it's um if i think the best time in the utmb is 19 hours and something Fran francois and uh did i don't know what year and Pablo Villa this year, his time in the TDS was 18 hours something. So oh, wow. it's, it's almost the same thing. Yeah. And, and, and so the truth is I was, I was really scared about running the, the TDS. I respect the, the races there a lot. Uh, one thing I did, and I'm glad I did it, is that uh, in July, I went there, I drove there. And I did the TDS course in three days. So I was able to download the, the track. Hillary Allen was there. She had the track and she, she sent it to me. I had no idea where I was going. So maybe, I don't know, I was super scared because I, I was afraid of getting lost in those mountains. And the mountains are really, really scary because the TDS is not a course where people hike. It's not like the UTMB, you'll see a lot of people hiking, but the TDS, no. And especially the new TDS. And Hillary had told me that it was tricky and that I had to be careful and pay attention. I wouldn't see markings and I wouldn't see signs saying, uh, call, do, whatever. So I had to stick to the GPS and I had never done this before. I had, I had never uh, navigated. 
Okay. It was uh, quite tricky. So yeah, the first day I did the, the middle section. Uh, there was a very long climb from Bouc de Samohis to, it, it was a, a climb of 2,000 meters in, in 10 kilometers. And it was, yeah, so, and, and the downhill to the other side was extremely technical. When, when I started going down, I thought, okay, this is where you can kill yourself. <laughs> Especially when you're racing, you have to, you, you had to walk the first part because it was impossible yeah. to run. It was very steep and it was very technical. So I was, I was able to, to get through the middle section the first day. And I was scared because it's true that I took a very big pack and I and I had clothes and everything because I was I was gonna spend three days on the course. But and the pack wasn't really a pack that I could run a lot, but it took me like eight hours and a half to do the middle section. And I was scared because I thought, okay, yeah, if I'm training and I'm taking that long, can you imagine when I'm racing? <laughs> When I get here, I'll be. This will be kilometer fifty. Wow. So, so yeah. If in one hand it was scary, on the other hand it was good because I knew what I had ahead of me, and and so I was able to to do an intelligent race. I I think that if I had to sum up my race, it was, I was intelligent. So I wasn't uh, going crazy on the first downhills in the in the TDS because you get two two road downhills that are very long that you'll be running downhill about one hour or so, or I don't know. It's really long. And the girls, uh, in the race, they started that when, when I saw them in that downhill, they were just flying by and I just didn't care. I was like, okay, just do your race. And you know that if you, if you give everything here, you your quads are gone and that's it and you're not going to finish the race so i was i think i was conservative in the beginning i was intelligent um i raced against uh anna she was uh, a swedish girl so we were we were competing the whole time and i was stronger in the uphills and she was stronger in the downhills and we were just overtaking each other during the whole race and, and <laughs> I knew that in every downhill she would just go by and she knew that in the uphills I would go by. But in the end, we were together and we were, we would, it was that moment in which we told each other like, oh, I'm really glad you're here because you made my race better. And that's what she told me and that's what I told her. I thought, okay. Uh, I did a much better race because you were here and we were just giving everything we had. And, and it was nice. In the end, I, we were entering. Okay, so this is a funny story. <laughs> so we were uh, in the last section, the last eight kilometers to get to Chamonix. And it's sort of, a, it's not flat. It's sort of slightly goes uphill. But at this point, you're so tired and you, you just, when it starts going up, I, I started walking and running. So I was just like trying to run, but I couldn't run for that long. I couldn't run the eight kilometers. So I was just running as much as I could. And then I walked a little bit and, and, and suddenly we were together 
And she said, okay, so what, do we finish together? And I, do you want to finish together? And I said, yeah, that will be nice. Like we just rest together the whole time. So yeah, let's do this. And entering Chamonix, I, I just had like this moment, I had to go to the toilet, like at that moment. And I said, oh my God, I need to go to the toilet. And she said, but we're less than one kilometer from the finish. You'll have a toilet there. And I said, but I can't. <laughs> so I'm sorry, just keep going. Yeah, don't wait for me. And I had to stop and, and that was what happened. So there was like this, uh, I don't know, three minute difference. And I didn't, honestly, I, I didn't care. I was really happy for her. When I finished, she was there. I gave her a big hug and I, and I said from the bottom of my heart that I was, it, to me, it didn't matter fourth or fifth place at that point because I was so happy with the race I had done and, and I had done much more than I thought I could do. Actually, for me, the, the fifth place in the women's division wasn't that big. I think the 40th place overall, that was big for me because I know the amount of, of runners there, uh, 1,700 1, runners, and the good runners that are there. So I thought, okay, 40th overall is something that I'm really, really proud of. And, and yeah, and fourth, fifth, it didn't really matter to me. I was, when I finished, I was just like, oh, I can't believe what I have just done. And yeah, it was, it was, I had a really good day. I had a great day. I felt good and I was happy. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to, to follow. Um, and uh, I, I wasn't there, but I was really happy to see how well it went for you. Um, you're being very humble about your performance, though. There, there, there has been some commentary, which I don't think is very nice, but there's been some commentary about the depth of the women's field at, in the UTMB race somehow saying that you know courtney wasn't challenged and it was like it's because it's courtney because she's like <laughs> she's that much better than men and women um but in terms of the depth of the field i'm not going to get into that other people have commented on it i would say though that the depth of the tds field was actually probably deeper than the utmb and even the depth of the ccc races were were deeper than than the than the UTMB race. So, so fourth or fifth at TDS, especially this year, <laughs> maybe better than fourth or fifth at, in UTMB this year, based on how deep the field was. Um, I, I'm like you though. I try not to get caught up in rankings and that kind of thing. And I think, I think Courtney deserves all the credit for what she did. And I think you deserve a ton of credit for what you did. Um, it was fun to see Hillary back at it as well. And, um, it, it, it looked like a really exciting place to be and, and it was really fun to watch. Um, I was directing a race during the same time, <laughs> so I was kind of under a rock or, or out of Wi-Fi and cell service most of the time, but every chance I got, I, I was checking Twitter and, and everything I could to see how things went. So I was I was very proud um, and really happy for you. Um, but I was even more impressed by, by what you did after that. Um, you had, you had several athletes that you helped prepare from all over the world, from the Philippines, from Australia, from Guatemala, from, uh, from the U.S. Um, you know, you had a number of different athletes that, that you helped prepare. And, and, and also 
um, from from Catalonia <laughs> uh, yeah. for the different UTMB races, and and you didn't just finish your race and and kick your feet up. You you went out and were part of the festivities and and supporting your other athletes. Do you want to tell us? A little bit about what that was like to both be an athlete and performing it in the biggest stage in the sport of trail and ultra running and, and dominating or doing quite well <laughs> and then turning around and all of a sudden okay now now i've put my coach hat on and um now i've got to be here for my athletes and things yeah so so actually this was one of the reasons why i signed up for the tds because i wanted to be able to do this i wanted to follow the other race the races, my friends, and and the people I was coaching and I was helping, and it was actually a gift. I think meeting them in first place it was really nice. So when I when I saw Kim, who was the first person I saw in Chamonix, uh, he had Peak Run Performance T-shirt on, and it was easy to identify him. And he was so nice. He was just like, he came, he gave me a hug, like, oh, man, oh, it's so nice to meet you. And, 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 and I, I've helped him through the process. And he had so many questions, so many doubts. And I tried to uh, help, him, help him with details about the course. And I know, because I've been there <laughs> my first year in the CCC, and I know how challenging it is. And I really wanted him to finish, and I really wanted to help him. And I said, Kim, I'll try to, to come and see you uh, as much as I can. And, and it, it, was, it was nice, because we, we were like in the middle of the night. So we, we just got into the car with Gerard, and we were driving and seeing people going by, uh, looking at the mountains and seeing the, the little lights just going up and, and the climbs were so insane and going to the aid station. So he, he didn't know I would be there. And when he came in, he was so surprised because he wasn't expecting it. And I think this is good when, you, when you're not expecting something and suddenly it's like, boom. Yeah. yeah. And I had some food for him and things and come on Kim and I had him live in Instagram and he was just like saying hello and and yeah it was it was really fun and and when I saw his face that's when I realized uh, that for me what I was doing was so little and 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 then suddenly this had such an a big impact in his race and then I said, okay, Kim, you'll, you'll leave the aid station. You'll go on this uh, sort of flat, slightly uphill section. You'll cross the road. I'll be there. And so I was there. We were there. Gerard was there. And, he, and Gerard was the person who said we have to be there for him. So he also knew it was really important. And we were there in, this, uh, in the road. And then when he came, I could see that he was looking for us. He's <laughs> just going like, where are they? So I felt like you you can never say that you'll be there and and you're not there. You have to be there. And and yeah. and and then I said, okay, I'll see you at the finish line. So we went home. We had maybe like one hour sleep. So we just checked our phones because you can follow people and you know what time they're gonna finish. Estimated. 
And he was actually, he, he came in before the estimation. So it was nice because, and, and he was fresh when he finished. We were there waiting for him. So I think it's, it, for me, I see this as an opportunity because uh, I, could, I could, ha could have helped him or maybe I could coach someone and never meet this person. And meeting him was nice because I, I saw how thankful he was and, and he was really happy. And then meet uh, Charlie. I knew Charlie before. I had met him before, but I saw him before the race. I was able to support him. I I saw him in the first aid, the second aid station, and and I think this is this is really nice. Uh, if you if you can do this, it's it's not only nice for them. It's really nice for you. It's uh, I we, we know because we race and we know how important it is when you see someone you know. And, and maybe you don't need anything. You don't need food or anything, but just seeing someone and someone encouraging you and saying that you're doing really well, that's enough. I think that's, that's enough. And if you're able to do it, you have to do it. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it, was, it was fun to see all of the expertise and all of the course knowledge that you were able to share with, with each of them. It was also fun to see that you were able to help them uh kind of augment their training with cross training you know kim was injured and you were able to show him and teach him that you know um that you've been able to do so well and so much of your training is on a bike and and that that gives you more training volume and and uh and even the swimming components and things like that and and that's been you're you're one of the examples that i point to um when when people kind of doubt whether they're going to be able to prepare if they don't run all of their if all of their training isn't just running and um uh it was it was fun to see um liz um someone who lives closer to me but was also coming back from a an injury and and was able to you know immediately trust you as her coach um not just because you're an elite athlete, but um, because you also were able to do what you've done with some cycling, and she was coming back from some uh, some injuries as well, and able to do that um, with the cycling. So um, so far, so good. You've got quite a track record with with athletes all over the world um, doing quite well. Liz won. The, the Canadian death race uh, with uh, your run bike training um, that you that you created for um, that same week that you were in Chamonix with with so many peak run performance athletes I I was also able to have one of those rare moments as a coach <laughs> and race director um, so I, I wasn't I wasn't wearing my athlete um, hat that day or that week but I was I was wearing my race director hat but I think there were five or six, um, maybe even more, uh, peak run performance athletes there, either either there as volunteers or members of the uh, course crew, um, or or running the race that I had helped prepare them for. And one of my favorite things to do as a race director, and some people may not agree with this, but um, I don't do very well just standing at the finish line waiting for people to come in, and especially in a stage race, like that's like five days of just standing there, and and it's not it's not just standing there it's setting things up it's taking things out but i do everything i possibly can to be out on course when the runners are out on course and um so that race the trans elkirks run that we do um 
there are a lot of moving parts. And so um, we do have a team that helps us flag and mark the course. But um, I had I had some really special experiences. Just uh, th there's a really hard climb that that a lot of people don't make the cutoff, and they wouldn't think that it would be that long. Um, but it's just straight up and straight down, and we have to we have to fly the water in with the helicopter to to the turnaround point. And uh, so I always start at the bottom and try and make it up to the top before, so that if I if someone has to get turned around before the cutoff, that that it's me and it's not one of our volunteers because people get upset about that. But I caught I caught one of the athletes that I'd been working with for a year. You know, her name's Noelle, and I caught her. And she, it was getting close and it was like, we're going to do this. We're going to get there together. And we were able to get to the top before the cutoff. And, and uh, rather than me sharing something with her, she had like an oatmeal cream pie in her bag that she had saved to eat at the top. And so we were able to share that <laughs> and eat it together. Um, and it was, it was just fun, um, you know, um, and, and another athlete that I, that I coached running a 48 hour race this weekend, actually, she, uh, her name's Sherry. She was the sweep that whole week. Um, but, but because I was sweeping for that day, um, yeah. she took the day off and she went in and got, got sandwiches for the crew that I packed up for everyone. Um, so it's just fun to be, um, because of so much of what we do is remote and we, and even though it's, it's nice and fun to work with people from all over the world and it's really convenient. Um, it, it is nice to have that connection with people and, you know, see, see their eyes and, and, let them know that you care and, and see how much they care that you care. Um, it is a really special um, experience to, to have that. And I'm glad that we were both able to have that experience that week. <laughs> um, so I was, I was happy that I was where I was, but I also wished that I could be two places at once. I wish that I was there watching and cheering for, for all of you, but I knew that the peak run performance athletes were in good hands because they were there with you and Gerard. And, and, and actually Kim, he was waiting for me when I finished and I was, wow. I finished at four o'clock in the morning and I crossed the finish line and then I see Kim and I'm like, Kim, what are you doing here? You should be sleepy. And he said, Oh, Manu, I'm sorry, but I couldn't. I was checking on the phone and I knew that you were arriving and I, and I said, I have to be there. And I go like, Oh my God, Kim, go to bed. And I was just like, Kim, go to bed, go to bed. <laughs> And, and, and yeah, and, and Gerard, he was the one who said, like, he was there at four o'clock in the morning. So we have to be there for him. It's like, yeah, what he did was insane. And I thought, <laughs> I thought he was sleeping and resting, but he was there. So, I mean, he was, he was, this is so nice. It's just what you're saying. She shared the, the cake or whatever she had for the talk. She shared it with you. And it's it's really special. I think that we we feel I don't know. I feel honored to be able to be a part of this. It's like for me, it's a gift. It's it's really really nice. Yeah. Well, I, I feel honored that that you're willing to 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 help me and help so many athletes. Um, I, I honestly feel and felt uh, when I reached out to you, like I, I wanted to help as a as a coach um but i also felt like you already knew so much and you'd had so many experiences that that i kind of like you were describing the you don't like things to be boring and um and you always want to be uh tweaking things and improving things 
And I kind of felt like I had reached my own ceiling, not that you had, but that I, as, as your coach, I kind of felt like, okay, I don't know how, what else to do. You're, you're already at the top of the game. Um, but I, I also knew from my experience, both as an athlete, a self-coached athlete, um, but then as a coach, I saw my own athletic performance improve when I started coaching other athletes because things that I either did out of habit or didn't do out of habit. And then I saw that they helped some of the athletes that I was trying to help. It it was kind of like, maybe I'm just stubborn, but it was like the light bulb would turn on for me. And it was like, Oh, maybe you should be doing this thing that you're recommending your athletes do. Or, um, so I felt like when I, I was willing to do the work to help other people. And even though I, I claimed that I really cared about my, my own results, it, it seemed like it actually, I learned more by trying to help other people than, than if I was just focused on myself. And so I felt like maybe I wouldn't be able to provide any more assistance for you as, as your coach. But I felt like if you had the opportunity to coach more athletes, um, not only would that help me, but I also felt like it would help you as an athlete, but I also felt like you could really help some of these athletes in the same boat. You know, like I've been working with, with Kim for a long time. I've been working with Charlie for a long time. Um, and I don't know UTMB and I don't know CCC and I don't know TDS. And, and so it was really nice to say, Hey, you know what? I, I can try. I, I, I wrote some of the plans for you when you did some of those races, you know, but, um, but I also felt like, why not, why not have the actual expert? You know, I don't know of anyone who's, who's done as well as you have so consistently at, at the, the, at the, the UTMB races. And so it was just like, why not, why not ask Manu? And, and, uh, it worked out. They had, uh, they had positive experiences and, and you had a good experience. And then you're being too humble about yourself. I mean, uh, I think what, what we did, it was a teamwork. We, I never, I never did anything on my own. And actually I have to say that, uh, I will saying thankful, saying thank you will never be enough because when you reached out to me and, and you said, let's work together and, everything changed it was just like for me it was a turning point uh after i moved here i i struggled a lot i had mm, maybe two years that were very very difficult for me because i think i was undergoing a change in my life and i just didn't realize that i had to respect that so i just kept my life going as if everything was normal but it wasn't. So I was moving. I was in a different country. I was away from my family. I didn't know the language. I didn't have a job. I had to, I had to start my life over again. And, and I was still racing ultras. And I was still uh, doing, having a full year calendar when I psychologically wasn't ready to do anything. I, I, I needed a break. And I just didn't realize that. And I think the exact moment, and, and, I, and I can see because I, I, I know the change that happened after that, was the moment you reached out to me and you said, okay, uh, let me help you, let's work together. And, and suddenly it was like, oh, and, and, and I think I had my best years and my best years and results when I was, you were coaching me. And I always had that in my mind, it was like, okay, the best Manu is the best, uh, is when Jacob coached me and it, when I was doing these kinds of workouts and I really enjoyed them. 
and suddenly I wasn't doing them anymore because I I, I couldn't I, I just I was overloaded with things and then going back to this was good for me because it was something like um, I, I started doing this again and I and then coaching other people I started that that's what you said it's like the things you tell others is the best advice that you could say to you, but you don't do it. <laughs> so yeah. when I see myself saying, don't do this or just rest today, please. And, and whatever, it's like the thing I have to say to myself, right? Because I, I just, I, I don't want to see it. And that's when I think I started in the beginning it was really difficult for me. Actually with Liz, it was something I was, um, I, I felt a big responsibility because Liz uh, was very clear about her goals and, and we knew she wanted results and she wanted what she wanted in a very short time. And actually when she wrote us uh, just before the race saying, okay, I'm about to do this and I, and I have never approached a, ro a race like this running so little and I'm afraid. And we were both saying just like Liz, trusted because you have done a lot of biking and you've been training uh, very well and wise and her feedback was always good she was she was getting better and better and I could see that so I had no doubt she was she was gonna race well and I think you had no doubt either and we just wrote her saying like don't worry you'll do this and you'll do this well and and actually it was it was what happened. So she, she just had this amazing day. And I, I didn't doubt that she could do it. I think that she was just, it was just a different approach. She was coming back from an injury. I think that if Liz had run uh, as much as she did before, maybe she wouldn't do the, the death race because she would be injured before starting. And it, I think it was the, the safe option for her uh and that's what we did so so yeah i think it's it's we're constantly learning and as as we change the workouts for them and we adapt them and and i think that we we make a good team i mean uh i would i would never be able to do this on my own and i i have to thank you one million times for for encouraging me and for giving me this opportunity because yeah, maybe I, I, I wouldn't be doing... No, maybe no, I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for you. Yeah, well, it uh, it has been an absolute pleasure and I, I'm really grateful that you um, that you accepted <laughs> that that offer and invitation and um, it, it really has... It, it hasn't just made my life easier, it's made it better. Um, I, like you, I... Um, I don't want to just do this as a job. I want to try and help people and I want to, um, I want to feel like I'm doing the best that I can to meet their needs. And it's, it's partially why I, uh, like, I don't, I don't know how to think like a businessman, but it's partially why I reached out to, to you and why I've reached out to Eric and why I reached out to Malk and to Carla. And, um, it's why I've wanted to partner with other people, um, because there are things that, other experiences that you've had or that other people have had that I don't have and uh, languages that you speak that I don't speak. And, um, and I, I don't want to even claim that I, 
I'm the best coach out there. I, I want to be the best coach for the athletes that I work with. But if, if I, if I realize that someone else has something that they can add, I, I want my athletes to have that opportunity as well. And so, um, you've, I, I feel like you've certainly enriched the lives of, of each of the athletes that we've been able to work with as well. And, and what you're doing with your team there, um, is, it's fun to see. It's fun to watch just how quickly it's grown and growing and, um, and the excitement, uh, that, that you see in the faces of, of the people that you're working with. It's, it's a lot of fun to see. So congratulations. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, so I, I realize it's, it's probably getting close to midnight there. Uh, <laughs> so you need to go to bed and, uh, and I need to go for a run because I need to, I need to do what I tell my athletes to do. Uh, and that is, you should probably get a run in today. Um, so I need to do that pretty soon. But um, can you tell us just real quick what your, what your next race plans are and, and how you, how those preparations will be similar and, and different or how you, how you'll prepare for, for that race? Okay. So yeah, this, this year, um, I, I still have two more races to finish the season. One of them is a, is a race in Ibiza and we're just going because it's Ibiza. <laughs> so we get invited Where to go Ibiza? to Ibiza and it's a weekend. So I, I, I can go and yeah. it's a marathon. Um, and, and then I go, I'm going to Nepal, uh, two weeks later or less a week and a half later, I'm going to Nepal and I'm running Everest trail race again this year. But this year, uh, as a team with, uh, Anna Comet and Gerard. So it's, it's an average of our times. We don't run together, but they, they make an average of our times. And this year will be different for me because I know the race already. So I'll be able to, to prepare for it. Um, I think I, with all the training I've done this year, I feel that I'm, I'm quite strong. Now I feel, I, I feel very good. I feel recovered and I feel strong. And I just want to keep that and, and put in, add the, the essential training I have to do, which is uh, some mountain running with a, with a heavy pack, because that's really important for, for Everest. I'll carry a five kilo pack every day and I need to get used to that or adapt to that again. And, and that's it. I, I believe that after Nepal, I'm not racing anymore and just planning next year. Um, as I told you before, uh, one of our biggest goals next year is maybe going to the U.S. or Canada, changing our calendars a bit, not going to UTMB. Uh, we're done with UTMB. Uh, everything was fine, so goodbye UTMB. We want to experience different races and different communities. Uh, Gerard doesn't know the U.S. He has never been there. So, yeah, it's our, our big goal for next year. So maybe meeting you in person and, yeah. and running yeah, your after five years, Maybe we should meet too. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we want yeah. you to come to our races. I, I've already told you that. So yeah, hopefully we can make it work. But. So, yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll do our best to be there. Yeah. 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 Well, we're, uh, we're really excited for what you have in store. And once again, thank you so much for making the time today and, um, and for being a part, uh, such a key part of peak run performance. And, um, as an athlete, as a coach, 
as a group leader, um, <laughs> we we feel honored and 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 really grateful. And um, so even though you won't be at UTMB next year, if if people are doing one of the UTMB races, would you still be willing to coach them? No, very well. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, because you you know it better than I do. So um, you're you're who I will send uh, athletes to if they want to run one of the UTMB races. But okay, all right, <laughs> thank you. Well, I'm going to tell you what you told Kim at uh, at the finish line. You need to go get some sleep so that you can so that you can train tomorrow and and go to work. And uh, I'm going to go get a run in so that I can sleep. So okay. <laughs> all right. Thank you okay. so much. Uh, Thank yeah. you very much. Yep. Have a good night. Good night. Bye-bye. <laughs> so once again, you can, um, you can listen to the Art and Science of Running podcast on Apple Podcasts or on Stitcher, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, or essentially anywhere else where you can find podcasts. Uh, we'd really appreciate it if you would listen, rate, and review the show. Let us know how we're doing. Let your friends know. Uh, if a particular episode might interest them, um, please subscribe and uh, this will help others hear about what uh, we're trying to share as, as a free resource to the world. Um, and if you want to follow us on social media, we're on Facebook as Art and Science of Running. Um, there's, a, there's a page and a group, so if you'd like to be part of the interacting with the group there's an art and science of running group it's it's open to the public and that's where we'll we get some of these questions that we discuss um, in addition to just the work that we do day to day with athletes also we're on instagram and on twitter so if you just do a search for the art and science of running um, and then our website is artsciencerun.com and uh, we're we feel like there's a need for these t conversations amongst ourselves but also um, with some of the other experts that we're able to bring in and so we welcome your questions and hope that these are helping so. I'm going for a walk.